This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. G'day and welcome to Battle 2 Metal, Metalheads Radio. Local, national and international news, interviews and the latest new releases brought to you by NPR, Battle of Two Peoples Radio. And for this section we were lucky enough to talk to the mighty Max Cavaliera. Um, working with his son on Go Ahead and Die, so this is um, their first, tra- their latest single from this, Roadkill, and then we'll get into the interview.
we're talking with Max Camilera. He's about to release, along with his son, um, an album on June 11th, Go Ahead and Die. Absolutely killer album, man. So freaking cool. Absolutely wrapped to talk to you. How are you going today, Max? Good, man. Good to be here. I'm excited for the release of Go Ahead and Die. We are very, uh, very proud, very stoked on this record. It just came out the way we, better than we expected, and, uh, we're just kind of like just waiting out for, for the release, but uh, we're very excited. <laughs> yes, you must be very, very excited. Um, so could you tell us a little bit about how you guys um, came about recording and everything? I mean, because I understand this is with your son, and this was something um, that's been you know, going on for about six months or nine months or so, working on this.
explore the musical side, the riffs and the lyrics. And, uh, you know, but, but it, it took really seriously, you know, and it was, you know, that was cool to me to see. I actually gave him free range of uh, ownership and being a fan, you know, like just, just really run with it, man. This, this is a collaboration. You have as much as to say as me, and, um, and he, he did great with that, you know. So, but I think that the record is extremely. It's angry for the right reason, you know, because we're in a, you know, living in some real hard, angry times right now with everything that's going on politically and, and social injustice and all that. So, metal and, and music has always been good for shit, for stuff like that. Um, so it was kind of perfect. It, it, it reminded me a little bit of, of this other record I made, the nail bomb record I made in the 90s where it was kind of a similar situation, just pissed off about a bunch of things and we just put that on the, on the lyrics and just went out screaming on the microphone. <laughs> There's something about writing angry pissed off lyrics and seeing them and screaming them, shouting them out loud. It's an instant release of energy that cleans your, your soul and your body and then it, it just feels amazing right after you do it. And it's like, it's, it's kind of like, it's like therapy, you know, it's like, um, this is all, it's all, uh, forms of letting your aggression out. And, uh, we did it with this record. It was interesting for, for, for me to see, he's younger, you know, so, I grew up in a different environment, I grew up in Brazil, so my life is very different from, from his life, but we, we could all agree on the issues that we were talking about that, uh, that this is us off, you know, like police brutality and, and COVID and all this, you know, homeless, home, homeless people and all this, this stuff that's on the record. Um, and in, in terms of the sound, fantastic. It's got a real nostalgic late 80s, early 90s, that fresh punk sound to it that. I'm in love with it when I was a teenager and I'm still in love with that extreme sound of that extreme side of metal. Oh man, I'm so glad you mentioned Nailbomb because I mean, for me as a young fella, when I heard that album, I mean, it was pretty influential and, and it, it was a big deal to me when that came out and, and this album, Go Ahead and Die, almost does that same thing, it reminds me of that and it was like, um, and all that angry and all that healthy was... It's, it's creating a similar situation, just like, you know, and, and when you when you have time in your hands and you have, and there's a lot of things to be said, and, um, and you, you really, musically, you really look forward to just let all your demons out, you know, like, yeah. it just feels great to grab your guitar and just go for it. Because there's no agenda, like, there's no pressure. Like, the label didn't even know we were recording. <laughs> like, we're in this cabin away from the world. Nobody even knows we're there. So you have, you don't have any pressure. There's nobody in the label wanted to make sure you're writing a hit single or a hit song, a radio song. None of that bullshit. It's just, like, pure love of metal. And, and just completely the, the real art form which I think is amazing to dwell into the whole art form of 
Um, you know, we, we we listened to a lot of classics when we were making this record, a lot of Celtic Frost and, and Hellhammer and Discharge. So all that influenced the whole record. And, and uh, yeah, it was just, uh, you know, the album was a little bit more... Um, you know, we had the thing with industrial metal, we were flirting with industrial metal. And uh, Go Ahead and I, it's really more nostalgic about that era of that thrash that we lost. So it was really, uh, just really fun to, to go back to, to that nostalgic, fun, fun soul guitar sound and just really cool drum beats and, you know, screaming vocals throughout the whole thing. Just, just a lot of energy on the whole record and I like I like that a lot, you know, I'm not you know, just because you get old doesn't mean you gotta slow down. The older I get the heavier stuff I wanna make, you know. <laughs> Oh, mate, that's awesome. So, did you feel that, to an extent that, I mean, as though you were um, teaching your son and, and passing on some of that um, metal history and some of the knowledge that you've gathered over, I mean, so many years of metal yourself? I mean, it must be pretty special. I mean, it's almost like passing the flame down to your son. Yeah, yeah, a lot of that happened. And, and, and it's cool because it's natural. It's a natural thing. It's like in the studio and um but that one guy didn't have to even even like show him he kinda kinda knows that already because he has a he's got a couple bands already in his belt. He's uh working on his new group called Healing Magic. They're doing pretty good. Um so he knows about all all, all about that. It, it was more about just the two of us dwelling into our own passion of underground metal and uh, fulfilling that, you know, and, and it's cool because my taste of music is, uh, it's, it's similar to his, but in some parts it's very different, um, and that's what I think is cool, that's when you get a little bit of those strange moments in the record where, <laughs> oh, I wonder where that, where that came from, you know, and then if it could be a Igor riff, for some of the stuff that you listen to that I'm not too familiar with, which is a little bit more, um, you know, some other stuff that you listen to, like Neurosis and Today's the Day, where uh, some of my influences are more, much more, uh, you can hear them, you know, it's, of course, the, the, the beat, you know, stuff that crossing, doom, carcass, kind of, kind of influence, but to put all together, and put it on a blender and see what happens. That's kind of like how we cut. And, and don't forget Zach, because Zach was great, you know, the drummer, he's a great yeah. kid. And it was cool to find him, and I love the record that he, uh, he made called Black Curse. Very underground, extreme, fucking noise, metal. Uh, and, and it was really cool having him Kind of like that feeling of a power trio, like a motorhead, Ace of Spades era. Oh, no. Kind of went through us a little bit. That, that felt really good, man. You know, when we were jamming the songs, it uh, felt really killer. Oh, man, it sounds like you guys had a really awesome time. And, and, and it comes through in the, in the album, man. Dude, it's an absolutely killer album. I've been trashing it myself. I've been extremely lucky to have a copy and been trashing it. And, dude, it is so good. Um, 
What would you say is uh, one of your favourite or, or one of the tracks that you're most proud of? Um, I like uh, I like Rose Q a lot. This is the last uh, uh, single we put out. It's the, the closer on the record. Um, it has one of my uh, favourite riffs I've written on the album. It's really catchy, really stays with you. Um, there's, there's a lot of stuff I really like. Punisher, he's great. Um, there's like a black metal influence on a little bit of a dark strong mayhem on Ice Cage. Definitely Paul Thrower influence on Go Ahead and Die, the title for action. Um, Discharge influence on Slaughterline, which is the first track we wrote. Um, yeah, all together. And I, I lost the first single, the, the Trunk Low Full of Bodies. That's just old school death metal. Yeah. And death metal to, to its finest. Like, almost to like master class in caveman metal. If <laughs> <laughs> you want to know how to make caveman metal, this is how you do it. This is, this is it. All the ingredients are there. The, the beat, the, the energy of it, the, the, the groove of the catchy chorus groove, and the kind of like. Um, Almost like uh, the downbeat ending riff, kind of like New York hardcore inspired ending. So that that track was a lot of fun to make, and I, I enjoyed the video. Also, I like the name. I mean, the powerful. It's a, it's a reality check name about the COVID situation, which is kind of like. I don't know how long we, you know, when we're gonna have that again, and hopefully not soon. But it was kind of, it shocked everybody to the core, the whole COVID thing, you know. So we had to make a, make a song, a real statement song about it. I think that Trump local money is a full-on statement song. It is, mate. I mean, and that's it. I mean, a lot of these messages that you're passing through the music. I mean, that's so important for now because, I mean, dude, like you said earlier, I mean, we're living in some extremely dark times. And, you know, I mean, that's the beauty of heavy metal is, is it helps release all the built up tension and crap that you get, you know, you got buried inside from the, you know, the, the current situation. Yeah, there's everything on the record. It, it, like I said, inspired by Nail Bomb, which is the mentality of. Uh, the fuck everything you, you don't like kind of mentality. Um, so you imagine like just this big tank shooting at all directions. Yeah. Hitting all the targets of stuff that you don't like that pisses you off. Yeah. Um, and, and I think music always, it, 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 it also got a bit of protest in some of the songs that being kind of like toxic freedom and um, maybe even a little bit on, uh, um, um, El Cuco even, which is about parasites and fucking child molesters. Um, it's definitely, uh, definitely has a vibe of, of a process kind of, kind of songs that I did, especially Toxic Freedom, which is like Refuse Resist. Territory, 
technology. And uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's right, you, you, you know, like to, to, because at the end of the day, it's, it's really not political as far as a, a, a special party goes. Like, we're not saying this party is better than that party. We're just saying we're, we're, we're for human rights yeah, and right. we treat the way you do the way you treat others. And we see all the things that are wrong. Kids in cages, it's just fucking wrong. Police brutality, killing people. This wrong. So we're just voicing our opinions, not in a preachy way. We're not really preaching to anybody. We're just voicing what we feel about some of these issues. And you can agree or disagree with it or start a discussion, which I think that's the coolest thing that the record can do is open a line of discussion. Uh, I think we, I've done that through my whole career with records like the KSAP and Arise, Nail Bomb. Uh, even Soulfly, some of the more spiritual stuff. You you make people talk about it and question stuff and question authority and question religion and question uh, spirituality and everything. You know, put on like question everything and you know don't 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 uh, leave them because somebody say go figure out for yourself, which is that like to me the. the the best way that you can find yourself. Oh, that's absolutely brilliant. I mean, that's an, uh, it's about inspiring people to think for themselves and, and you know, and, and have a voice exactly. as well. Think for yourself and don't, don't just listen to what other people are saying. Don't follow. Just think for yourself. Make your own opinions. Um, and discuss and talk about the stuff, man, you know, which is great. You know, I love that. I love that. Yeah, I love that metal can become... Uh, you know, an instrument for, for that kind of stuff. That's, I mean, it's a wonderful thing, Mike, and, you know, it's funny how, you know, the mainstream and other people look at it as if, you know, it's all these angry young people that are just angry for no reason, but, I mean, you find that there's a lot of righteous anger in here, and these people, the people that are playing metal and listen to metal actually have something to say, they have a voice, um, and it's not a, a dull voice, <laughs> it's an angry voice. Yeah, I mean, like, like, um, if you read about children being kept in cages in the border, and that doesn't bother you, honestly, I think there's something wrong with you, you know, as a human. It's like, what the fuck is your problem? I agree. It's like, what the fuck? How does that that not bother you, you know? Um, So we just kind of like, we we, we feel that a little bit as, as, as... we have a chance to voice our opinion on some of these issues. We can do it with guitars. And, uh, you know, of course, not everything in the record is political and, 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 and protest like. There's other stuff that a bit more uh, abstract like. Isolated, isolated is about Stephen King's The Shining kind of a movie and a feeling related a little bit to, to COVID. Of all of us being isolated and going a little bit mad about it, <laughs> uh, you know. But uh, uh, in in general, the the things we wanted to touch with with the record, it's all even with the album cover, we got like a black and white uh, punk rock yeah. cartoonish kind of feel to it. Um, the symbol that Jeff from Carcass created for us is really cool. Um, a, a lot of cool things about Go Ahead and Die. I, I, I like a lot of, of how it was 
really kind of homemade produced we just really on the ground screen to it like not giving a fuck about the mainstream at all like what's going on on the mainstream doesn't bother us we just wanted to create some powerful uh, underground metal you know that would eventually find these right people because that cares for that shit they, they, they will love this stuff that, that, that's what we would play making music for Oh man, I'm sure we'll find that audience too, didn't you? Man, it's an absolutely killer album. I mean, so, so impressed with it. From It's got to be my favourite album of the year so far. Um, anyway, I've only got a few moments left with you, so I've got two questions for you before we let you go. First off, are you going to get to play a release show, or are you going to get be able to get out there and tour? Yeah, we're hoping we can tour with Gohead and die next year. Not this, uh, I don't think this year we're going to be able to do anything. We are waiting for next year. Uh, but definitely, uh, we definitely want to tour with Gohead and die. I think this record is going to be great to play live, especially right now at this moment. People need that. Well, they sure do that. Yeah. Feeling of playing this frustration out. We've been home for two years with nothing to do with this staring at the walls <laughs> when we get out of that we're all going to explode so um, this is definitely a record to do that oh mate that's extremely exciting um, ok I've got one last question for you before we let you go and that is um, words of advice for young musicians man I, I don't know like this, this thing is so um, the actual struggle and, and, and the the finding of your voice and your originality uh, is the, the, like I said, the struggle is the journey, you know, so um, I can give suggestions of, of how to maybe behave in, as far as always follow your heart, you know, you and everybody else, you suck. Uh, if you believe in it, stay, stay through to your course, stay through to what you're doing. And, and and don't give a flying fuck about the people pushing you down. In fact, use that as as uh, <laughs> gasoline for the fire. You know. That's right. Um, <laughs> you know. So um, yeah. And and on top of all that, you fucking enjoy, man, because you gotta enjoy. You know, that's why we do this. You gotta get enjoyment for it. You know, you gotta have fun with it too. Um, so, and that, that goes back to my original teenage years as a, as a musician when I discovered this music. And I didn't know it would give me so much pleasure, man, you know, and, and uh, so much pain. It gave me, gave me a lot of pleasure and gave me a lot of pain. So, yeah, man, look, fucking just, just grab your guitar and scream out loud and, and just riff out. Um, for hours, and eventually, uh, you know, you get discovered, people find you, you know, you get, you get your recognition. There's always, there, we're always passing the torch, yeah. which was, like, which is cool. And, uh, even all the, the greats are still here, are made into the street, cause the Sabbath, the Palico. There's always new things coming up, and there's always going to be room for new stuff, so... Keep working on it, man. Oh, thank you so much for your time today, Max. I really appreciate it, eh?
absolutely brilliant album, really loving it. Between that and Kill Me Kill, dude, just you can knock it out of the ballpark, mate. Yeah, we don't stop, man. <laughs> oh. We hit one after the other, man. It was really cool. Uh, coming out of Kill Kill and going through something totally extreme, uh, opposite from Kill Kill. Like, go ahead and die. That was a trip. That was, like, kind of like, nobody really, I was really expecting that, so that kind of made me more interesting and more fun to be to, to do Go Ahead and Die. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, uh, thank you for, for, for uh, enjoying the record, and I hope I'll see you in Australia, man. Oh, mate, we can't wait to have you back down here. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. G'day and welcome to Battle 2 Metal, Metalheads Radio. Local, national and international news, interviews and uh, the latest new releases brought to you by NPR, Battle 2 People's Radio. Okay, for this section we were lucky enough to talk to Bill Steer from the band Carcass. Um, first off though, uh, because we've actually got such a long interview that we've had to split it into two sections. So first off we're going to place uh, two tracks from Carcass, then we'll have the interview, um, and then we will, uh, the first part of the interview. Okay, so first off we're going to have the latest single from them, uh, Dance of Ice Tab. And uh, then we'll get into the first part of the interview, and after the interview, we'll have another track from them. We will have something old with recaputrification.
G'day, we're talking with the mighty Bill Steer from the band Carcass. They're about to release their newest album, Torn Arteries, on the 17th of September. Absolutely fantastic, so excited for this album. How are you going today, Bill? Uh, doing alright, how about you? Uh, very good, thank you. So, um, this uh, particular album's been, um, you guys recorded this about three, four years ago, is that right? Um, yeah, I think we, we started about three years ago, and then finished roughly two years ago, because the, the recording was kind of done in pieces, you know, strewn across the best part of the year. You know, we do a couple of weeks here, a week or two there. There's a lot of festivals and stuff happening in between, so um, yeah, it's the first time we've done a record this way. Normally it would be done in, you know, a couple of big blocks and that's it. Oh, wow. Quite lengthy. <laughs> oh, mate, well, I mean, dude, a lot of people have been uh, really anticipating this album, and, you know, the whole COVID thing seems to have been what held it up for quite some time. But, um, no, you guys were were bloody good to us fans and gave us Despicable in the meantime. It was a bit of a stopgap. Yeah, I mean, what was it like being able to... Uh, it must have been pretty cool being able to release a few tracks just to, to whet the appetites. Yeah, I mean, that was very much a label decision because... The original plan was for that EP to to come after the album, because essentially it's stuff that we recorded during the album sessions, but uh, for one reason or other we just didn't feel like it belonged on the album as such. So it was a similar vibe to the the EP that came after Surgical, except this time around, you know, the world the world went crazy and uh, the label decided to just shelve the album and stick the EP out first, you know, just to keep people interested. Well, as fans, I mean, we're, we're really uh, wrapped that you guys do that sort of thing and give us those. I mean, it was really cool when we got that extra little P, uh, little EP off um, Surgical Steel as well. So, yeah, I mean, as a fan, we sort of love that extra sort of um, things that we get. Um, so I wanted to sort of first touch on um, the the sound of the band to an extent because, I mean, you go back and, I mean, I'm lucky enough to have been a fan right from the start and I remember hearing Reek and... Um, and, and that sort of stuff, and symphonies, and the um, the technology way back there was quite different from what we have now. Um, do you think that the, the technical technological advancements have been something that's helped um, Carcass and, and their current sound? Yes and no. I mean, I think you tend to lose one thing and gain another. Um, when the whole digital thing really kicked in most people were looking at it as just you know all pluses no minuses um it appeared to be a quicker way to work but a few years down the line i'm not so sure actually like it's <laughs> almost like it gives you too many options you know whereas when, when you just worked with tape all the way along you're having to make decisions you know you have to be sort of ruthless really in order for the session to have some flow so yeah i'm really on the fence with that one i mean you know the sort of old-fashioned side of me prefers analog anyway, but the reality is most studios are geared towards digital now, and most engineers prefer to use that. Well, that's it. I mean, when when you first released those first two albums way back in the in the Neverlands, the uh, I mean, the technology was quite different, but you you captured that rawness, that freshness, and and that youth that you guys had, and it was quite it was considered groundbreaking back in the days. I mean, but nowadays, I mean, with the technology, I mean. How do you sort of get that same effect, I guess? Um, it's never going to be the same just because so much has changed. Um, 
besides the analog versus digital argument, there's also just the way people engineer these sessions. That's changed too. Um, I think we were quite lucky this time because David Castillo in Sweden, who mixed the record and, and engineered most of it, um, he understood immediately the kind of thing we're after. We wanted something that was a bit warmer and a bit more organic than surgical steel. So, yeah, it, it, you know, he just got that immediately, which made things really easy for us. It wasn't like we had to, you know, laboriously point all of this stuff out to him. You know, he's a musical guy, and he kind of seemed to have a feel for what we were doing. Oh, that's awesome. So when it comes to, the, I mean, the writing and recording, I mean, the first one that you could do, sort of the reunion album, as they'd call it, Surgical Steel, you had Daniel on board and he'd just come into the band. Well, he'd, he'd done some tours with you and all that sort of thing, but it was sort of you guys feeling each other out and all that sort of stuff, and you guys were basically saying, hey, this is Cargus, smash you in the head type thing. Um, now that you've had that album under your belt and all that, what's it like going and, and recording with Daniel now? Yeah, that's 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 a a very uh, valid question because it is very different. Um, as you mentioned, doing surgical, um, we pretty much just started to get to know the guy. We hadn't we hadn't done any touring with him. Um, so looking back on that record, yeah, there's tons of energy. Um, it's raw. It's like yeah, it's kind of a sawn off shotgun, really. Um, yeah, everything's just in the red the whole time. Um, there's there's loads of that kind of yeah frantic energy I guess is what I'd call it but um, this time around because we're coming off the back of practically half a decade of touring together so uh, without even trying you just play together in a different way it's a bit more confident you don't rush things quite as much so um, yeah I think yeah we just got to know each other as as players and um, to me this record sounds more confident Oh, that's right. I mean, I've been lucky enough to have a listen to the album for the last two weeks, and dude, it's just such a killer album, mate. Absolutely outstanding. I mean, I've just loved the oh, the evolution of Carcass. It's just been a, a magical thing to behold. I know it sounds like a weird way to put it, but I mean, that's how it is. I mean, you know, growing up with Carcass um, and following through the years, I mean, it's just a magical thing. Um, but going back to that, I mean, I, I was lucky enough to talk to Daniel two two weeks ago, and just talking to him about the band and and how he's grown in the band and everything. I mean, it, it just really comes through how much of a band you guys are. I mean, how important it is that for you guys. I mean, for a lot of people and and bands, it's just like oh, they get together when they tour and they get together when they um, record and that. But you know, getting that bond and that. Um, you know, th- that whole band thing mentality going. I mean, how do you get, go about that? Is that just from years of getting out on the road together? And, and what is it? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a huge part of it. But also, you can't force the camaraderie. You know, we wouldn't have got this far with Dan if he wasn't the person he is. I mean, he's a very well-adjusted, balanced human being who happens to be great at playing drums. Um, so... Yeah, there's there's plenty of technically skilled drummers out there that wouldn't be right for this band. You know, the personality wouldn't fit. But Dan, yeah, we we just you know we struck gold there. You know, he's been like our secret weapon since we came back. <laughs> oh mate, that's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, well, I wanted to ask you about that. I mean, 
when um, Dan was born, I mean, he was way back in, um, you know, Reek and that was only just coming out. Um, was, uh, you know, what's Daniel's added value? I mean, does he bring a, a, a youth to the band? Uh, is that what it is? Or what is it that he brings to the band that's sort of helped you guys along? Because, I mean, you can definitely sort of feel like there's a shot in the arm, so to speak. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, he is obviously substantially younger than, than Jeff or myself. Um, that's a given. It'd be quite difficult to be older than us, really. But he's... Uh, he's like he's beyond his years in terms of uh, musical maturity he started touring very young I think maybe 15 or something um, so he's you know for a fellow of his age he's done it all and um, I think yeah you know I mean I'm not musically trained in any way Dan actually has got musical knowledge um, you know he knows about time signatures and stuff and the right term and Technology. But essentially, you just throw throw some riffs or a few ideas at him. He just jumps straight on it, and his intuition is always bang on. You know, um, I guess that's what you know. Music is kind of like a language. You know, yeah. And if you're lucky, you get together with some people who you know who converse in the same way. Um, so he's very much like that. I mean, he, you know, he, he just naturally tunes into what's happening. Oh, mate, that's very cool. So when it comes to the writing and everything, so uh, I mean, like, Carcass have always been known for, um, you know, you had that uh, technical flair, I guess we, we called it, when you first guys came out. Um, but you always had that melody as well. So how do, you, how do you get that balance between what I describe as technicality versus melody? How, how do you get that balance? I don't know, really. We've never been the types to kind of discuss it at length or analyse it it's just more kind of um, these are the ideas we have at this point in time, let's work on them to the best of our ability you know, you, you just every every time you get into the rehearsal room um, there's a bunch of new riffs and um, whatever it takes to complete the song, you know, sometimes it, it can, can be a lengthy process, other times it, it's pretty rapid um, and I think without probably even realising it, we, there are certain stylistic elements that each one of us feel are important in, in what we do. So, you know, that stuff comes out. Like, yeah, some of the music on this record really swings, you know, and there's almost like a rock element to it. <laughs> but then there's other stuff that's, that's just, you know, the, the earlier, nasty, atonal kind of carcass that's a bit nuts. <laughs> um, and all points in between, I suppose. Yeah, well, well, that's one of the things I love about this particular album is that, I mean, it, it's got all your uh, traditional carcass elements and, and all that, but you, you've brought some new things to the game. And um, the way I sort of see it is a little bit as carcass have grown up. Um, you guys have gotten older, you've matured, and, and, and you know, gone are all the um, the, the medical terms as, as lyric um, and, and titles, and you've come up with some um you know shown some maturity and all that sort of thing with your your album titles and all that sort of thing and even in the music and all that i mean it, it certainly shines through um do you think that's a worthy reflection yeah i guess so um yeah again i mean sometimes i feel like i'm too close to this to really assess <laughs> what's been going on um but 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's a bit scary using a word like mature, but uh, <laughs> but I guess it, <laughs> yeah, it is really. But you know, um, I feel like it's it's ended up being the kind of group where each record is several steps on from the previous one. Yes. You know, we haven't tended to be static. Um, for some bands, that works. I mean, it's just in their DNA. They 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 have a style. They stick with it. With us, the style it gets modified or mutates over time so you know album number three sounds a little bit different from album number two by the time you get to album number six you know it's quite different you know yeah um that's you know it's just something that developed with this group we we very early on we realized we're not going to make the same album twice oh well, that's a bloody good thing <laughs> <laughs> hopefully <laughs> oh no it is right it is it's um, absolutely killer so
support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show. Welcome to Battle 2 Metal, Metalheads Radio. Local, national and international news, interviews and our latest new releases brought to you by NPR, Battle 2 People's Radio. And for this section, we're now going to have the second part of the Bill Steer interview. Uh, before we do that, though, we're going to have another track off the newest album, which is about to come out very shortly. We're going to have the track that sort of kicked it all off um, as far as promotion for this album, and that is uh, Under the Scalpel Blade. Uh, then we will have the interview, and we will have another track, a few, another few tracks. We're going to have Exhumed to Consume, and then I will um, do a voice break and tell you about the last two before we finish. Stuff and 
talking a little bit about the the changing face of the the music industry and and, and the way you guys have to release stuff and everything i mean it, it seems to have changed i mean you guys are now having to do things like playthroughs and all this video content and everything i mean how much different is it now from i mean way back when you started i mean it must be so bizarre yeah oh yeah you just said it it's it's about as different as it could be um I'm not exaggerating when I say <clears throat> some days I've probably done more interviews for this album in a few hours than I did over the entire period of, say, hard work or something. Um, it's just a different thing. I mean, there's a kind of an industry around extreme metal. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't know if that's the right word, but people like to say music industry. Um, there's just more people involved um, I guess some people actually have a career based on this stuff and that was unimaginable if you went back to say 89 or 91 yeah. it's magic though isn't it I mean isn't it cool that yeah you know, I mean like you say back in the, the um, in 89 or something or even in those early 80s you know as extreme metal heads you were probably looked at pretty weirdly nowadays you're seen as um, you know metal gods <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but I, I, I get what you're saying, because, uh, yeah, there was a time when we were definitely outcasts, and uh, what, what we were doing was either kind of laughed at or frowned upon. And, and some element, I mean, obviously, Carcass is not a mainstream group, and presumably never would be, but uh, there are some elements of extreme metal that have, that have been assimilated into mainstream music. Um, I mean, you certainly saw that with the the new metal explosion a few years back. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was... All those elements like d- down tuning, double bass drums, growl, growly vocals—they're um, not as shocking as they once were. But that's the way of things. You know, nothing can be dangerous forever. <laughs> no, well, that's right. You know, I mean, back in those days, it was seen as quite extreme. Nowadays, you know, I mean, even your album cover. Is is sort of quite a reflection of that back in the days. I mean, I kind of got a funny story when you guys came here to New Zealand several years ago. It would have been the reunion tour, and um, I took my my current girlfriend along, and she had never been to a metal show, let alone a concert, and she was absolutely mortified. It was beautiful. <laughs> she was so shocked at what she saw, and she ended up quite literally curled up in the corner of the venue. Um, I kind of felt sorry for her, and I had to give a and all that sort of stuff but dude it was <laughs> it was just like oh man that was beautiful it was one of those moments that I loved it it was it was really cool but um yeah <laughs> anyway um so when going back to that uh, the changing music industry and all that sort of stuff and, and coming around to packaging and all that sort of stuff I mean you guys have had to release different formats and I mean you guys have got a, a plate set or something coming out with knife and fork and all that sort of stuff yeah, I mean, I only learned of this uh, the other day, you know, because, I, you know, typical day I'll do several interviews on the phone, and somebody brought this up, and I, at first I thought it was maybe some kind of joke, some kind of elaborate wind-up, <laughs> but, uh, you know, when I had a moment, I checked it out, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, it's a pretty cool idea, it's funny, I, d- I don't know who's behind it, if it was if it was purely the label, or if, um, you know, if... if Jeff had a hand in it. Um, yeah. That wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, 
crazy. Uh, you know, I guess they've, they've got to come up with stuff labels now. There's a lot of pressure on them to kind of um, do interesting things to keep the public interested. I guess they're, they're quite nervous about, you know, how do we get people to buy vinyl records and compact discs? <laughs> um, fortunately, the metal audience is a little bit more loyal than uh, certain other audiences for other genres. So, um, Oh. Yeah, there's still lots of people who are, who are a bit like me, I guess. You know, people who just love having records. You know, that's that's the way they choose to listen to music. Is you know, stick a twelve-inch record on your turntable. Oh man, it's a beautiful experience. <laughs> it really is. Exactly. And you know, I mean, and that's it. I mean, we are extremely lucky in this day and age. This with the, what appears to be a revival of vinyl. And, I mean, the, the the different formats, I mean, how many different colours you can get a, a record on. I mean, and, and back in the day when the, you used to get a picture disc and you used to worry whether it was going to sound any good because it was had the picture on it. But nowadays the technology has just gone up through the roof, you know. The, there's no difference between a black vinyl and a coloured vinyl. It's a, it's a magical thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know the ins and outs of that. I, the one thing I've heard was that clear vinyl is particularly good it tends to be purer. Oh, yes. Because I guess because it's clear, they can't put too many purity in it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I remember buying picture discs as a kid. You know, you'd get certain, you know, like a budgie single or a picture disc. Yeah. Inch, and they didn't tend to sound too great back then. But um, like you said, I'm sure it's improved a bit. Well, that was it. I mean, back in those days, in, in those early days, they they were more seen as a, a collector's item rather than um, just the, the product. But nowadays, I mean, that is the product, and you know, it's like when you go to buy an album, it's oh, what colour do you want it? <laughs> it's, been, it's pretty cool. Too much choice. Well, that's it, and you know, some would say that's a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so um, are you guys able to get out and uh, do any touring coming up? Are you going to be able to play a release show of any kind? Uh, yeah, that's all up in the air for obvious reasons. Um, we have one date in Zyre for this year. Um, that would be Damnation Festival in Leeds in early November. So, but yeah, I guess the next few weeks we'll just be waiting to see if, if it's going to come together. Yeah, yeah. It'd be nice. It'd be, a, it'd be a good way for us to break the ice. I mean... There's no two ways about it. We're really out of shape. We've not played for so long. So, um, yeah, at some point, you've got to get back on the horse, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it must be so frustrating having to, having to first off, wait for to be able to release the album and then having to be able to sit on it and not even be able to get out and tour it. Yeah, 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 but that's, you know, that's just how things are right now, you know. Um, it's a lot easier if you kind of accept what's happening. Yes. You could hope for something better. You want things to get better, but you know, the present day, this is this is what's going on. Well, that's right. I mean, there's no point wallowing in the past, and there's no point certainly getting down about it. You just got to look up and hope for the best. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, playing in New Zealand, we've been lucky enough to have you guys down here. Three tours that I can count. Uh, unfortunately, I missed the one, the very first tour, which would have been way back in your heartwork days. 
um, there's um, tales of that. Uh, we, we have a record store down here um, in Wellington called Wonderland Records, and you go in there and you talk to this guy, Kevin, and um, he'll, he'll tell you the story about how Carcass came and sat outside his record store in Hupper Hut in Wellington, um, waiting for the record store to open. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's a pretty magical thing to have that. I mean, what's it like getting to some of these far, uh, you know, these countries where, you know, we don't get to see you fellas very often? Oh, it's, it's great. I mean, yeah, especially, especially that first occasion was really magical. You know, you just, you've reached a place you never thought you'd get to visit. So, yeah, it's brilliant. Um, I, I mean, I, I mean, obviously everybody says this, but like, if you're from the UK, you go to the opposite side of the world about as far as you can possibly go, um, whether it's Australia or New Zealand. Um, and there are so many similarities culturally. Yeah. Um, and, you know, with, with how people are, you know, their, their, their manners and the, the humour and everything. So it is a bit like a home from home in many ways. Oh, we always love having you here. And, yeah, the, the last time you guys were down here was with Napalm Def. And uh, the um, you had two sold-out shows in Wellington. Um, the second one you had to cut short because you had some wrist problems. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah, I like, had some nerve damage in, in my uh, the fingertips of the left hand. Yeah, it was really... Uh, that, that situation was last, lasting for about about five years on and on. Oh, man. But that was about as bad as it got. So we did the gig, but I just didn't play any lead at all because uh, yeah. it was just, uh, just torture. Um, but, I mean, I think I've kind of got on top of that um, after years of trying different specialists and all kinds of things, throwing money in the wrong directions. <laughs> I saw this... This, this physiotherapist nearby, um, kind of down the road from where I live, and he just made some very basic suggestions, and so far they've worked, so, you know. Oh, mate, that's, that's awesome news. <coughs> yeah, well, I mean, even though the, 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 cut, the, uh, the set was cut short, I mean, dude, it was an absolute killer show, and, um, I mean, the f- playing in little venues like that, I mean, I don't know if you remember the, ve- the venue very well, but you had, it was a tiny wee venue, you had to come through the crowd just to get on stage, um, and, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it must be something special to get to play those little shows, because you, you wouldn't get to play those very often, would you? Um... Yes and no. I mean, it really varies. Um, for me, that those are the gigs, really. Um, if there is a normality, that would be it, in my view. Um, you know, playing small clubs because if you if you can't cut it there, then you just can't cut it. Yeah. Um, there's a weird thing. The bigger the show, in a weird way, you can kind of sometimes it feels like you can get away with more. I don't I don't understand how that works. <laughs> the yeah. physics of it, but. Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes we play with a bigger act, you know, like when we toured with Slayer in the States, those were big shows, because Slayer's a big band, but if we're operating under our own steam, it's going to be a smaller thing, usually. Oh, mate, I mean, it was an absolute killer experience, and we always love having you guys down here. Oh, cheers. Okay, um, we've only got a few minutes left, so I've got two questions for you before we let you go. First off, um, now that you've been able to sit on the album and, and listen to it lots and lots and, and it's not so fresh to you, what do you describe as one of the, your favourite songs or the song that you're most proud of off this new album? I guess there's, there's two or three that would spring to mind. Um, goodness. Uh, I, 
guess that's that tune the devil rides out i really like that one um i just like the drum groove and yeah that's one tune i brought in a large block of music that for the most part didn't really get changed um we just added a part at the end um you know as a kind of climax to the whole thing um it was like based on this this suggestion jeff had but yeah that's kind of nice when that happens where you know the, the music you brought in doesn't need too much extra work but it's bloody unusual with us you know normally <laughs> it really goes through the mincer you know i'll bring in some riffs but that's just the start and they go through all kinds of permutations um another tune god um god let me think now um what's oh yeah the side remorseless swing yeah i really like that one that's yeah, a, i guess you know that's slightly more kind of restrained melodic kind of thing yes um yeah, those, those are, that would be the first two that spring to mind. Oh, mate, that's absolutely killer. And dude, that devil rides yeah, out. Yeah, in God we trust. That was the other one I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, that, that's another one where I just I don't think we've had a drum pattern like that in our music before. Um, yeah, it was just a fun thing to attempt, and it seemed to again, it just seemed to happen really fast. That number. Oh, mate, that's absolutely brilliant, and it's is such a cool album, mate. Uh, absolutely killer, man. Really wrapped to have you guys doing oh, cheers. that. Thank you. Okay, I've got one last question for you before we let you go, and that is words of advice for young musicians. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> first off, don't pay too much attention to other people's advice. <laughs> Find your own <laughs> way, I guess that would be one thing. But I think, uh, you know, just to state the obvious, um, play um and you know just explore uh, you know i mean if you're at home playing rather than being too rigid about practicing you know quote unquote practicing just playing and improvising and seeing where it takes you um that's kind of how people develop a style um yeah it's, it in my view anyway it's not good to be too dogmatic dogmatic or rigid about how you approach music um, it's kind of intimidating because there's so much information out there now. You know, it was easier for people of my generation because you just kind of learned bits and pieces from watching older guys, and yep. you just cobbled all these bits and pieces together. And you 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 were ignorant, but no one was pointing it out to you. Whereas <laughs> now, somebody would tell you straight off, "Oh, yeah, that's not how you play that scale." <laughs> <Whatever you know. laughs> yeah. So it could be quite daunting, I think, for a, for a young person starting out. Oh, mate, that's absolutely brilliant advice. <laughs> Thank you.
Okay, we're going to have one more track now to finish it all off, and we're going to have something from the Surgical Steel album. We're going to have the track Unfit for Human Consumption. Hope you've enjoyed this time with uh, Bill Steer. It was absolutely, absolutely fantastic talking to him. So here we go with Unfit for Human Consumption. <laughs>
you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. G'day and welcome to Battle 2 Metal, Metalheads Radio. Local, national and international news, interviews and the latest new releases brought to you by NPR, Battle of Two Peoples Radio. G'day and welcome to Metal Two Metal, Metalheads Radio. This week we were extremely lucky we got to speak to a whole lot of different people. Uh, first off we're going to be having a chat with Dino from the band Fear Factory. Then we're going to be having a chat to Andrew from a band Interloper. And then finally we're going to speak with a Steve D from the band Buck Cherry. And then finish it all off with some Kiwi music. But first off we're going to have the first single from the new Fear Factory album. Uh, so we'll play that. Uh, Disruptor, and then we will have the interview with Dino. Disruptor! Come on, come on, 
calling. Please enter the PIN number. You have $14.57 remaining. Please enter the number you wish to dial, followed by the hash key. Francesco Artisato Art and you know, 
Well, I mean, they, the band, like the, like the Torch is a brilliant band in itself. I mean, they've got some music materials themselves. Yeah, they're a, a great band, and uh, she's a killer artist, a killer guitar player, so, yeah, go check out his stuff. I definitely will be. Uh, I've talked to him before as well, he's an absolutely brilliant guy. Anyway, on to what we're talking about with you guys. Um, you guys have released the first single, Disruptor, um, and a video for that. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, the song Disruptor deals about when you're trying to disrupt something, right? And then the story is um, humans trying to disrupt the AI signal that the mothership is sending out these drones to capture humans to take them back up to the ship so you can uh, extract your soul your memory and your consciousness and import it into other AIs so these AIs will think that it's human. So in the video, uh, they're trying to disrupt the signal. Um, so they try to hack into the mainframe to disrupt the signal so the mothership won't be sending these drones. They're hoping to like disrupt the signal so these drones will just fall or, you know, break or disappear or blow up. Excellent. So could you tell us a little bit about the, the writing and the recording process? I mean, I understand the vocals were done way back in 2017. Uh, so, I mean, it's been four years in the making of this album. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, the, uh, we went into the studio around 2017 to start writing this record, and we originally had drum programs on the record, drum programming, and... Later on, uh, in 2020, we added live drums on the record. Unfortunately, from 2017 to 2020, we were prevented from using the Fear Factory trademark because we were under heavy litigation uh, with the ex-band members. So, uh, you know, we were not sure if the album was even going to be called a Fear Factory record. But in 2020, things took a turn. Uh, we won the lawsuit, and I was, I'm the sole owner of Fear Factory Trademark, and I was able to move forward with the record. With that being said, you know, the record was sitting there for three years, and I wanted to make some improvements on the record, and that was to add live drums, get Angie to mix the album, and get Reese on a track or two, and then get Damien Reynaud, who is a producer slash engineer, get him back working on the record. And so we were able to make those much needed improvements to what you hear now. Oh, mate, well, I mean, I've been lucky enough to have a listen to the album. Uh, dude, it's absolutely killer. Yeah, and you must be extremely proud of it. I mean, how hard has it been sitting on it for, these, for this time? a huge struggle, you know, a lot of things, a lot of sacrifices today, you know, we've gone through financial struggles, uh, you know, because lawyers are not cheap. This lawsuit definitely took a toll on us in many ways, you know, personally, financially, and uh, career-wise as well, you know. Um, it, it was hard, it was difficult, but, you know, the, the positive sense is that you're able to get this record out and fans are able to hear, you know, this record. And it's a pretty aggressive album. It's got some great elements to 
Angeles. It's got a lot of killer keyboards. It's got some, you know, amazing orchestral stuff on it. Um, the riff and beats are pretty, you know, pretty intense. Uh, of course, you have the, you have the classic, you know, heavy vocals with clean vocals, you know. You have the contrast between the two. And it makes for a great record. It's a great collection of songs. I can't wait for people to hear it. That's, I mean, I was reading a lot of the comments under the, for the, on the YouTube for the disruptive video, and a lot of the comments were about how brutal Burton's vocals are. I mean, that's absolutely brilliant. I mean, you talk about it being an aggressive album, and that. I mean, and that, that's what you want, isn't it? I mean, and that's. I mean, that all comes through, and I mean, people are wrapped and excited by what they've heard. That's only the first single so far. I mean, that's voting well. Yeah, we got we got a really good reaction on the first take on. It's only it's only part of what the con. You know what I mean? We have a new single coming out this Friday. It's called Feel the Jacket Suicide Machine. So you guys will be able to hear that soon. Um, I think people will be very excited on this new track as well. Excellent. Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, I've been able to have a listen to the album this morning, and it's absolutely killer. I really love it. The, the track that really sticks out to me so far has been the end of line. I mean, I really love that track so far. Um, but yeah, I've only had one listen to the album so far, and yeah, I have to get through it again. Yeah, end of line is still a heavy track, but it's got very passionate lyrics, and it's and you kind of hear the closure to the album on that, right? Yeah. And um, that's usually what it is when, when we write a song, you know, whether it's the start of the record, the end of the record, or the, 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 the last song of the record, we try to have those songs just represent where they would go on the album. Because when I, when I look at a record, a song sequence for the album is very important. And I try to sequence it in the way that I would listen to a song, you know, the intro, the midsection, and the, the outro song. So that's exactly how I look at it when I sequence the album. So the first song, Rico, is fucking intense. You get to the last song, you know, in the line, or it actually sounds like in the, in the line, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and that's what I like about it, because it sounds like a quarter. It does. It's a killer track. I think it ends the album absolutely perfect. So there we go. You're doing your job right. <laughs> so, um, on a slightly different... Well, thank, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, I'm sure you're going to get a shit ton more accolades as the album comes out and people are going to say, wow. Um, I mean, and that's just my first impression from listening to it once. So, you know, I, I think you're, you're definitely on a killer here. Um, on a slightly different tangent, um, how does the music come to you? I mean, I mean, you've written the, the guitar tracks as well as the bass and stuff for this album. But how does the music come to you? Do you, I mean, is it you just hear a riff or do you see music? Or how does the music come to you? All the above. I see music, I hear music, I feel music, you know. Um, and anything can inspire me. Just waking up in the morning, I could have dreamt the song. I could have dreamt the riff, and I woke up. And I'm like, I gotta grab that guitar and record it right away. I could be at a restaurant having dinner, you know, chatting with a bunch of friends. And all of a sudden, a riff will come to my head, and I'll grab my phone, and I'll hum the riff. You know, it comes in many different forms and different ways. I mean, obviously, you know, 
visually, you know, like movies definitely inspire me. Uh, books, things I read, talking to people and just learning new things and hearing just things that people say can inspire me. It's so weird. And how <laughs> randomly it just comes, you know. Well, I guess that's the beauty of some people. For some people, it's torture because they just can't stop thinking about music in that way, you know. Uh, and some people, it's, uh, it's the beauty of it. Well, that's right. I mean, for some people, it's, it's a real blessing. thing. I mean, and that's it. I mean, it must be awesome to be able to have so much material ready to come out and, and be released into the world. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So, um, what would you say was your favourite song or the one you're most proud of of this new album? Ooh, that's a hard question. So I'm proud of all my babies, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, I would say right now this uh, feeling like the suicide machine <laughs> that song the riff and the beat is pretty hard to play um, at that tempo consistently it's really it's hard you really got to practice you really got to work at it so I'm saying I'm going to say that right now because it's a more challenging song on the right hand and your feet, your drummer. Yeah. Excellent. So, um, I know it's been quite difficult at this point, but uh, is there any uh, touring plans or any sort of release show or anything going to be able to be um, part of once this album comes out? Yeah, well, we're planning on doing some stuff uh, next year. Um, you know, it's hard to predict where everything is going right now. Yeah. Some, some countries have it more worse than others. Um, so, you know, we might not be able to tour the world right away, but as soon as the world opens, you know, we're going to be out there. Oh, mate, that's fantastic news. It's been quite some time since you've been down here in New Zealand, and we would absolutely love to have you back down here again. Yeah, I think the last time we were there was probably 2015. I believe so. It was many, many moons ago, and oh, it was fantastic, mate. We were extremely lucky to have you. Yeah, five, six years, you know. Yeah, man. A long time. Well, still, yeah, it's, um, especially with COVID, it's just messed everything up. Yes, but I have a really good feeling that it's going to be back next year, and we're going to be able to tour and go everywhere. Oh, mate, we would definitely love to have you back down here. So, um, I, I wanted to ask you about a few other little things that you do, because um, I noticed that you have a, a, a called Patreon um, thing, and you've been doing, um, like, guitar yeah. playthroughs and things. I mean, that must be a, a pretty cool thing to be doing. Yeah, um, I do guitar playthroughs. I do some instructional videos. I do some people can download those amplifier patches they can they can upload them to whatever software they're working with um yeah I try to give back something and it was, it was also a way for me to survive during the COVID thing as well well that's it must have been extremely difficult I mean sitting on an album and trying to find things to do in the meantime <laughs> yeah I mean well not just well, I started, I started the Patreon for the COVID here. 
but I didn't really pay too much attention to it because I didn't really have time. Um, but when I finally did start it, I just, I, you know, I put a lot more attention to it and I put a lot more content on there. And um, I was pretty busy doing fear factor stuff even during COVID, believe it or not. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, well, I mean, it's pretty cool to have it, like, stuff like that picture on because, I mean, people can go and check out all your stuff. And then, like you say, it's giving back to the fans. I mean, the fans will love that sort of interaction and be able to see that stuff so they can have a crack at it themselves. I, lo- I love it, too. I love communicating with the fans. I like, uh, hopefully they can get something out of it, you know what I mean? If it's just, like, watching me play or if they just want to learn something from it, it's there for them. Oh, right, that's absolutely brilliant. And it's, all, it's only $5, so it's not much. Well, that's right. It's pretty cheap, mate. It's, you know, beer money. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So, um, in the meantime, what other sort of projects have you got going on at the moment other than Fear Factory, or, or is that all you've got going? Well, the main thing, of course, is Fear Factory. That's where both of my time is at. But... I also have another band called Aquasimo, which is me and Tony Campos and Static X is our side project. Oh. And uh, that, we released two albums, and we want to try to get a third album out hopefully this year, depending on what my time looks like to, to complete the album. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, you've got a bit of promo to do coming up very shortly. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Okay, we've only got a few moments left with you, so um, I've got one last question for you before we let you go. And that would be, uh, words of advice for young musicians? My advice for young musicians is try to have an open mind, stay focused at the same time, and try to learn as much as you can and try to develop your own original style. Now... You're not you're not gonna get good if you don't practice. You know, so keep practicing. Keep practicing those shots. Uh if you wanna play like me, it's all about the right hand speed picking, you know, I mean I had a lot I do a lot of that stuff. And just try to create your own style. That's an uh, originally uh, originality is so important. Um, and that except I mean getting practice to start would to get that original originality coming through. It's uh, absolutely brilliant. Hey, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it, Dino. And, dude, what a killer album. Well, thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for your time. And uh, one last thing I want to say is new single coming out this Friday, Feel Injected Suicide Machine. Uh, anything that you want to know about Fear Factory, go to fearfactory.com, and there you can find everything vinyl, Cassettes, CDs, merchandise, tour dates, and everything for that. So, thank you for your support over the years. I appreciate it, and thank you for your time, and I appreciate it. Absolutely, it's a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Hey, thank you, Dino. So cool. Really appreciate it, like I say. Um, talk to you about six years ago, and it was an absolute pleasure now. So, thank you again. Hopefully, we'll have you down in New Zealand um, sooner rather than later. Yes, I hope so. Thank you very much, man. Absolutely. Hey, thank you, Dino, and hopefully we'll talk to you again soon, mate. All right, have a good one. Okay, you take care, mate. Thank you.
Bye-bye.